Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Basil Wilbur. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Amen. Tonight I'm going to talk about uh, meeting betrayal. And uh, in that, um, this week, it starts off in, the, in my part of the book, it starts off talking about Mount Everest and going up. Now, when you think of betrayal, who's the first name you, you would think of? Judas, right? So <clears throat> we're going to find out why we think that way. But this week, I went hunting, and um, I thought a lot about the body. Uh, I, I wanted it to go with me, and uh, at times, it almost just uh, refused. You know, um, Michael was making breakfast, and the eggs were in there cooking and uh, the aroma was hitting my nose and uh, my nose said let's get up but we had worked and put stands up and and uh clown climb mount uh crandon and uh uh and my legs was tired and they were wondering what they were going to get out of this breakfast because they would just soon lay right here but my heart and my mind started to encourage them. Please, please, just, just hit the ground. If you do this for me, I'll do something for you later. I'll take care of you. You know, I'll put some feet warmers on you or something. But the body is a weird thing, you know. You see somebody and uh, you're in the store and your eyes catch them. And they're like, hey, I know that person. But your brain says, no, no, don't, don't, don't say nothing to them. So you're, you, know, you don't know whether you turn your eyes, close your eyes, turn sideways. Your body's in a state of confusion because it's got to work together. And, you know, so sometimes you'll just fight through it and you, you'll tell hand, hand, shake that hand regardless of how you feel. You just shake their hand, okay? And then you walk over there, you're like, and then you tell face, face, smile. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, sometimes it's very exhausting, you know, uh, working with the body and making the body do things. Um, this week I experienced things, you know. For instance, and this might, this might come to you as a surprise, but after you're 40 years old, you shouldn't drink a lot of coffee before you go to bed. And um, at about 3 o'clock at night, said, we got to go, man. And I'm like, no. I'm exhausted. You're going to have to wait. So I waited like five minutes longer, 10 minutes longer. Finally, Go said, hey, you're either going to go with me or I'm going to go right here. I tell you that because I got confidence pastor won't throw me out of here. But my point being, David, is sometimes your whole body has to work with you. You know, there's at times when the mouth wants to eat and the hand says, why doesn't it just pick up, you know, why doesn't it just pick it up itself? Just bow your head, use your mouth, bite the food. My arms are tired. We've been carrying stands all day long. It's his turn. Just bend down and, right? Work with me. And... The funny thing about the body is, hey, Jeanette. The funny thing about the body is, you see the outside, you don't see the inside. 
You know, when people come to our church, they see the outside long before they see the inside. If we can keep them here long enough to see the inside, they'll love it. But all they see is the outside. They see how we look, how we act. They see the outside. They see our building. But once they see the inside, they'll want to stay. They'll want to be a part of this body. Like this little puzzle thing Billy put up there for me. You want to, where do I fit in here? Now, tonight we're talking about meaning betrayal, but I have to explain to you that sometimes your body betrays you. You know, um, my dad's up in the hospital bed right now. He's doing well, by the way, but at certain times, you know, as I get older, I used to talk to everybody about things like basketball. Hey, dude, you play basketball the other night? Yeah, yeah. And now when I meet my friends, I'm like, hey, have you ever had this? You know, <laughs> have... You know, what do you think this is? And, uh, you know, as we get older, I think we become smarter than doctors because we talk to each other about our things. And then you say, oh, I was just with a friend and, and my friend told me about that. I know what that is. That's this. And if this happens, then you know that's this. And are you with me? You see, now, if, if you know what I'm talking about, you're already there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you're still playing basketball, Nate. You're like, I don't know what this dude's talking about. But as we understand the body, we understand each other a little better. You know, I used to ask my dad, dad, come on, take me fishing. He'd be like, no, no, I'm exhausted. And I would think, man, get out. What is going on? What could be hurting that bad? And now I know. But when I was younger, I didn't understand. So sometimes we don't understand folks until we've been a Christian for a while. See, you know, the reason why I think Luke wrote the, uh, wrote the book of Acts is because he was a physician, so therefore he could write about the church because he understood the church. He understood the physical behavior of a church. When a church hurts, what does it do? You know, I don't even notice my fingernail unless, unless there's an issue, if, if it's if it's poking my finger or if I smash it or then I start noticing it I don't notice anything now this week I noticed my toes I knew I could count all five of them both feet I knew they were there they hurt so bad the third one on this side if I could have just had my way and say you can go somewhere else I would have let him go because he hurt so bad but other times you don't even notice that it's there are you with me but when it hurts then you know it's there. And in a church this size, a lots of times because we're such a big puzzle, such a big body, we don't notice when everybody else is hurting at times. You could be sitting right next to somebody tonight that's hurting really, really bad, and you may not know it. Unless you're really close. And you know, Pastor, used to, Pastor Smoltz used to always tell me this. He would say, nobody's as important as the friend you bring to church. See, when Clinton's here tonight, I want everybody to be nice to him. You be nice to Clinton tonight. Show him the red carpet. You know, if there's something you can give it, give it to him. Because this is my friend. Now, he can get away with anything tonight because he's my friend. But now your friend, you know, I'm not sure. You see what I'm trying to say? See? But if it's attached to me, I want it to be well. But if it's not attached and I'm not familiar with it, I'm not as concerned about it. 
And that's why a body has to grow close together. And you say, well, how does this have anything to do with betrayal? You get sick one time. And the body betrays you. And you get up. And you're excited to get going. And let's say, for instance, you know, uh, somebody's going to take you fishing in Lake Michigan. And they call you and they say, it's time to go. And all of a sudden, you're sick to your stomach and you can't go. You're like, are you serious? Of all days, you would betray me today? But it will. The day is past your prepares a great message and he's got everything all perfect and all these things and he pulls up and all of a sudden something happens. The projector doesn't work or, or something goes out or this or that. And you're like, of all days, this would happen. And um, the importance of each other. Everyone is important. There's not a person sitting in this building that's not important. Amen. That's right. I want to read you a scripture so you know that I'm telling you the truth. Um, I'm going to read you this one. Proverbs 25 and 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. If the man is unfaithful, it's like a broken tooth. And I learned this because... Robin, this is what I did. I studied now on the, on the body. On, now I, was, I got off the brain, now I'm on the body. And the only thing that doesn't heal itself is a tooth. No wonder. Now, I don't know, when we lose our teeth as a body of this church, I don't know who's going to become the false teeth for us. But, you know, funniest thing I ever seen was when Joey walked out with my mom's teeth. I'm like, I don't know where I think you know where those came from. <laughs> But the teeth doesn't heal itself. But everything else, given opportunity, wants to heal. And it want, you know, the eye, eye, me being a welder, that eye is, it's a quick healer. I mean, you can't even see it burning and all of a sudden the next day it's, it's healed. It's amazing. And um, so everything goes through these processes. So I brought a little thing here tonight. I was hoping somebody wouldn't throw it away. <laughs> This doesn't mean a lot to you guys, but to me, this is very, very valuable. In 1976, I got this jacket. I wore this jacket until I could not wear it anymore. I mean, long past buttoning. I mean, when my belly was like out here, I finally had to start giving up the jacket. But I wore this jacket because I love this jacket. It had all these, I had my mom sew all these patches on there. I wore this thing, and I was so proud of it, and um, I loved this jacket. I would carry it around. It was my jacket, and then one day, I had to let it go, and uh, I had to get a different one, and tonight, you know the story of Joseph, where Joseph, Zach, and everybody else that was before me explained it well, that his dad had given him a coat to wear, and it made other people jealous. Now, all my friends at that time, believe it or not, they really liked this jacket. And I think it's because I was probably a good promoter because I wore it around with pride. And I wouldn't let nobody else wear it. It was my jacket. And I can think about the fact the way Joseph put his jacket on and how he was encouraged to go out and play with everybody else because he had had a dream that one day he was going to do something special. And everybody should have a dream. And if you don't have a dream... 
you know, it's just getting up every day and existing. You know, I'm, I'm always shocked. Now, we talked about this in my Bible study class, but I'm really shocked. Clinton, what they will do is they will not let a kid carry a Bible to school, but they encourage Bibles in the prison. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that kind of backwards? And, and, and not only that, in the state of Wisconsin, we spend more money on prisons than we do on schools. Well, it's, just, it's kind of backwards. But anyways, to get, to get back to my point, if you have a dream, right, and you're excited about doing something, and uh, you think back when you was a kid, what did you want to be? Are you what you wanted to be when you was a kid? Maybe some of you are, maybe some of you aren't, but, but how many of us fulfilled the dream already that we set out to fulfill? Or did you lose the dream, or did you forget the dream? Or did somebody betray you? Do you know that an enemy can't betray you? Only a friend can betray you. And that's why it hurts so bad. It, it hurts. It's, it's a terrible feeling. I was betrayed by my best friend one time. And uh, I, I can't even explain to you. There's not, you know how people say there's not words? There's no words to explain how bad I felt. I love that guy. I would, I would do anything in the world for that guy. And the day he betrayed me, it still hurts even thinking about it right now. But I want to have a continuous healing over that betrayal. And I want to be the guy like Jesus Christ that is the forgiver. Now, <clears throat> if you can think in your head of somebody betrayed you, I guarantee you they meant something to you. You don't even care if the guy at the gas station betrayed you. You don't know who he is. He's just a problem. He's not a betrayal. When somebody betrays you, it hurts inside, outside. It makes you say things you shouldn't say. It makes you do things you shouldn't do. You hurt in ways you never hurt before because you're betrayed. And so Joseph, can you imagine Joseph? He went, he was on a journey like Zach told last week and he gets to there and he's all excited about his brothers and everything and they sell him off and, and not only that Judah says well let's not kill him what waste is that let's at least get some money for it I mean great family and he gets 20 pieces of silver so let's, let's at least get something from the deal and the reason tonight that you didn't tell me Judah and you said Judas is because Judas didn't hang around long enough to see the dream come true. But Judah did. So therefore, we don't have a problem with Judah, but we have a problem with Judas. So tonight, as the body of Christ, if I can encourage you, I encourage you to keep your dreams alive. And when somebody betrays you, and somebody rips off your jacket. And do you know as blood is always spilt for sin? You know, I know I'm talking to Pentecostals, but it's the truth. They went and killed a goat and dipped it to give it. You know, it's always, they're always covering it with the blood. And it hurts. And when somebody betrays you, just like maybe tonight, there's somebody here that's been betrayed and you feel terrible. Um, they let you down. And um, they hurt you like nobody else could hurt you. The, 
problem with the body is it either gets sicker or it gets well. If my hand lets me down and I'm hitting a wall with a hammer and I got my thumb and I'm holding a nail and I hit that thumb, you know, the thumb is mad at the other hand and I'm mad at both of them and nobody's happy until all of a sudden we get some fixing on that thing. And then we start deciding that we're not going to hit it anymore. And I give the hammer to Billy and Zach. Tell them to put the finished nail in that. Because I'm hurting and I put my hand on it. And that's exactly what we do in the church. We get hurt and then we're like, oh, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. Here, you have the hammer. And we give it to somebody else in church. And then we sit there and we think that we can exist and still have our dream come true someday without hurting can't happen. Those in the Bible that their dreams were fulfilled were those that were willing to go through the pain and the hurt. They were the ones that stayed there and didn't walk away when everybody else walked out on them. They were still there. They stayed there. You know, I think of it like a good man in a a good house. No matter what's going on, he's dead and he's staying at home. Nobody's ripping him out of there. A mom that loves her children, she's staying there. Nobody's ripping her out of there. Same thing in the church. Sometimes we get hurt and the first thing we want to do is we want to take off because we've been betrayed. Why did we be betrayed? Because that's why, we call, that's why I call him Brother Clinton because he's my brother. My brother could betray me. My sister could betray me and therefore I'm going to go out in the world because I don't care. You know, those folks can't get to me. They can't hurt me because only my family can hurt me and I take off and I leave the body. And I don't know if you remember, but one time I was, I, I, I didn't make this up. Somebody told me this. I don't think I made up anything on my own other than a couple things. And probably those things weren't any good, but somebody told me one time that if you uh, cut your finger off and um, you didn't have it anymore, hand would still get along without it. So you could miss a member, but the body could still go on. Now, it's not as good. You can't do things you, you, you could do before. <laughs> but you could get by, you know? It's not convenient, but you can still deal with it. And um, so people will think they will not be able to get along without me. That's not true. But what they will do is they will hurt because you're gone. They will miss you. You know, there's nothing worse than, don't ever buy a puzzle from Goodwill. (laughs) If you buy a puzzle from Goodwill, you should just give your money to the building fund or to missions. Because you're going to get three quarters, seven eighths way through that puzzle and you're going to go, it's not all here. Really? Now, you could be creative and you could get your scissors out and you could form another piece and you could put it in there and it may not look the same, but it will be whole. In this church already, I'll guarantee you, if Pastor and I sit down and talked about this, he would, he would agree with me that there's people in this that have left this church that were a, a fit 
I mean, they were, they were a piece to the puzzle. They were a part of the body of Christ. They were so needed and they fit well and, and we were excited that we could lock arms with them, but they're no longer here. But at times, you either have to make the puzzle smaller or try to cut in something different to heal the body. Now, my dad, he has a fake hip. Now, I'm sure he would like to have the original one, but the fake one at least gets him around. And some people have some fake parts. I, we can't tell because they're probably on the inside of you, but you may have something working that, that God didn't give you, but man made him put inside of you, and it's working all right. It's getting you by. But there's nothing like the original. So tonight, what I really came here to say was, don't let the betrayal miss you from being a part of the body that God so much wanted you to be. The reason Joseph, amen. The reason Joseph was the man he was and the man we talk about is because he endured to the end. And then when he got opportunity, he forgave his brothers. And he was there, and it was not easy. And just because we have a few chapters and we say, oh, look, the end's well. But it was not that way when he was alone. It was not that way. But as you know the story, Joseph couldn't live out his dreams until he helped other people live out their dreams. So sometimes maybe when you're thinking, I'm hurting and nobody else understands. If you help them with their dreams somebody will help you with your dreams. You say, but that neighbor across the street doesn't go to our church. But God knows what you do. And he knows walking across the street and helping them or going and doing something for your friend or this or that. God sees all those things. And as you help other people with their dreams, he will help you with your dreams. Amen? Amen. So I show you this coat. Now today, I'm wearing a different coat. And when I'm working with you, Clinton, I was wearing a supervisor coat. And then at other times I'm wearing a welding coat. And <clears throat> because Wisconsin has hunting, <clears throat> I had to wear another coat. And, and it was hard on me, but I hung it well. And uh, Michael borrowed me his boots. I love Michael. <laughs> I got up there and I didn't have no boots. And I'm like, man. I'm not going to make it five minutes. I'm going to be right back in here. I know me. When my body says no, I agree with it. I just do. I'm like, there's nothing. You know, we have this conversation in my head. I'm like, okay, what's the value of this deer? If I get the deer, I got to drag the deer back. Even if I don't have to drag it back, I'm not sure Billy and Zach know exactly how to gut it yet. And I might have to do that. I don't know what he's all, all these things, you know. And I, so I process it in my mind. And pretty soon I'm back to the house eating donuts. So... I said something to, must have been to the boys about boots. Oh, I know, we were in a hardware store, we were looking at boots, and, and I was looking at boots, and I, and I was ready to purchase some boots because I wanted to last a few minutes out there. And Michael's, oh, I got boots for you. And we got these little hand warmers, and I put them boots on, and I put them little hand warmers in there, and I sit on that stuff. First, after I climbed Mount Crandon, everything was warm, but... When I sat on the, a bucket or on the thing, my little seat there, my, my toes and my feet said, all is well. All is well. 
And my face, my eyeballs were saying, oh, it's not well. It's cold. <laughs> Wind's blowing. But my feet were down there, and they were just like, all is well. And the whole time I was out there, oh, they felt so good. Never got cold at all. I walked back. It's almost like when I got back to the cabin, I didn't even want to take them off. Because we had, we'd had a good day together. And then my brother come in, Michael. And I seen him run over by the fire. And he was like, whoa, whoa. And right away I knew he had given me his boots. And I felt bad. Not as bad as Michael, but I felt bad. <laughs> and to be real honest, I would like to say I wish I was Michael, but you didn't see how bad his feet looked. So I thought to myself, I have a good friend. And so tonight, folks, you know, there's times when we hurt. I have four pages of notes. Never even got to any of them. Let me see if I had something fantastic I wanted to tell you. Nope, looks like pretty much that's it. So I'll finish it with this. I heard a story um, and uh, the, it was a, in a prison and um, there were people there that did really bad acts and, you know, they did some things. And the, the warden came out and he gave them all puzzles. And all, give them all their own envelope of puzzles. And he said, I would like you to put these together. But on one condition, you can't talk and you can't ask for anything. You can just put the puzzle together. Well, it wasn't long into the puzzle, they realized that they had pieces they didn't need and they had not enough pieces they did need. So they're looking around, looking around. All of a sudden, they started looking at everybody else's puzzle in the room and noticing they have pieces that he needs. So without saying anything, one of them just slid that piece over and he popped it in there. And the other one looked back at his puzzle and slid a piece over and he popped it in there. And it wasn't long as everyone was looking at every other person's situation, they put the puzzles together because they weren't focused on their own. They were focused on what everybody else had and what everybody else needed. And what the warden was trying to explain to him, until you start caring about other people, you will never succeed in the dreams that you have. And so tonight, if we think about our church and we think about looking at these puzzles and fitting things together, let's look around the room and, and we haven't even seen all the great pieces come alive. You may have sit here and you've maybe never been a part of things that's going on in this church, but you want to be a part of this body, you need to just look at, look at Sunday school and say, I wonder, you know, here's a, here's a funny part. Here's another one, Clinton. The education system of Wisconsin, they paid me to learn how to teach. And now I can teach. But they paid me. They paid me and sent me classes and did all that. And there's many of you folks here that are real educated in all kinds of things. And we, this church could be just doing things that we haven't even seen of because you're very educated and stuff. You know, 
Bob's engineer. I mean, you look around the room, you see all this talent and, and wisdom and, and things. And, and here's potential that hasn't even exposed itself yet. We don't even, David, we have no idea what you're going to do. There's all these great things that you could be a part of and pieces. And Nate, I know you're going to be a great part. You're going to slide right in there and boom, you're going to, and you know what? You're going to be a very important part of our puzzle. And the only way that our puzzle will grow with more pieces. Now, some folks, they just like little puzzles because they're very convenient. That's me. I like those puzzles. But we got a pastor that's not happy with just small puzzles. He wants to win a condom walk. Maybe even catch a couple people over in Dousman. You know, bring a couple whales over here. He's not just happy having a small puzzle. He's a bigger puzzle, the better. More challenging, the better. Because you know why? Just like Joey said, it's all for souls. But throughout your life, won't you stand so you get some sense of hope that, uh, actually the hope is, you're gonna, won't you stand and worship with me because Victoria is going to come and sing a song because that's a puzzle I asked for. Where'd she go? Okay. She is the sweetest thing. I asked her, I said, could you sing a song for me? And she, she said, I'll, I'll be that puzzle. So here's the thought. How many jackets have we already exchanged for other ones? But how many more are we going to put on? And I think tonight, when we see this betrayal is, if you've been betrayed, that's a time when you know that God's working in your life. And that betrayal will make you stronger. And if you go about the process right, you'll be able to bless Judah. Amen? Amen. So tonight, uh, she's going to sing this song. Let's just worship together. You probably know the song. You can sing with her. Um, now, before you start, I just want to say one more thing. You ever had somebody come to a church and they'll tell you that, Pastor, you get this. I know you get this because I used to get this in the prairie. They would come drifting by and they would be a very, very talented singer. And we, we needed a singer. Or they'd be very, very good at piano. And we needed a piano player. Or they would be very, very good at teaching Sunday school. We needed that. And they would sit there and they would tell me, they like, every time I come to a new church, somebody wants me to sing. And I was thinking, well, you're something else. I would like to reach in there and grab that talent because if I could sing, I would sing all the time. But they're hiding that. And like Pastor preached not too long ago about talents, let's use our talents. Don't harbor them, but let's use them. Like Victoria's going to use her talent and I'm going to make her nervous. So let's sing with her tonight and let's use this talent together. Amen. If I could sing, I would sing it. And some of you can sing it. And you'd be happy if I pulled the mic away when we're singing. <laughs> but why don't we just close our eyes? Pastor's going to come up and talk to us afterwards. But why don't we just close our eyes and listen to the song, raise your hands, and just, just enjoy God for the moment. And if somebody has hurt you and they betrayed you, why don't this be the beginning of saying, you know what, I'm going to start laying that down. I want to reach that dream that God's given me. I don't want to be stuck to this old thing. I want to reach that dream. Amen? So let's sing together. Hallelujah. We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. Comfort for family. 
protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity, and we promise your word is not enough. And all the while you hear each spoken need, your love is way too much to give us lesser things cause what if your blessings come through raindrops what if your healing comes through tears what if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're near and what if trials of this life are your mercies in disguise We pray for wisdom Your voice to hear And we cry in anger When we cannot feel you near We doubt your goodness out your love as if every promise from your word is not enough and all the while you hear each desperate plea your love is way too much to believe cause what if your blessings come through
may be seated. Praise God. What a terrific message. Thank you, Brother Wilbur. He just has a way, doesn't he? he kind of sneaks up on you with that humor and then makes his point. But I, I have to talk to you. Um, because I feel like there's some people in the room tonight that need to hear something that will help them. We don't want to come to church and leave the way we came. We should leave better. We should be stronger. We should be happier. And um, there's just something that's burning inside of me that I need to share with you tonight. And nobody should be embarrassed about this. Has anyone here ever been hurt, been betrayed to the point that you wept, you had a knot in your stomach, you couldn't sleep, you wondered what everybody thought about you? Anybody ever experienced that? And I know that it's Thanksgiving, but here's my question to you tonight. Am I thankful enough for the forgiveness from God that I've received to give it away? Because the same people that raised their hands, and I'm one of them, all have experienced the forgiveness and the mercy of God. Haven't we? And you know, we're in the scripture. Did you know that? We're in the scripture everywhere. Let me give you this illustration. One day the Lord told a story. He said there was a man who owed a great debt. And he was brought before the king to pay his debt. And he was not able to pay. It was so great. Some say it was a million dollars. And when he appeared before the king, he knew what the king was going to say. You're going to prison, your family's going with you, and you're going to pay back your debt in full. And you're not getting out till it's paid. But he fell down before the king, and he said, have mercy on me, and I will pay you back all that I owe you. And the king looked at him, and he had compassion. And he forgave him the million dollars. And said, you know what? Because of your humility and your sincerity, and because of my mercy, I forgive you the debt. You owe me nothing. Take your family and go your way. And he did. But somebody hurt this man. They owed him. One translation says 20 bucks. And the man that owed the 20 bucks came and said, I know you want to take me to small claims court, but have mercy on me. Don't put my family and I. See, when a person goes through something like this, the whole family goes through it with them. Can I get an amen? When one member of the family is hurting, in your house, the whole bunch of you are going to hurt. 
So the man that owed 20 bucks said, don't put my family through this. It's only 20 bucks. I'll pay you back. I'm sorry I, I didn't keep my word to you, but I'll pay you. But the man who had received such great compassion from the king said, nope, you're going to pay me the 20 bucks or you're going to prison. But the word got back to the king instead of just a small claims court. It always does. Can I get an amen? It goes right to the court, the Supreme Court. And I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. I'm talking about heaven. The Supreme Court is in heaven. And there aren't many judges, there's just one. And he sees and hears all. And he has seen the compassion, and he's given you forgiveness, and somebody else has now hurt you 20 bucks worth. And the question becomes, are you thankful enough for the forgiveness that the king has given you? to forgive the one that owes you. I gotta say this to you. I know it hurts. Hurts real bad. But we have to segregate forgiveness from trust. See, when somebody hurts you, you're required by the scripture to forgive them. For if you forgive not, Jesus said, men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. You owe them just like you received mercy, you have to give mercy. But the problem is not forgiveness. The problem is trust. And we can't separate the two. So we lock them together and we say, because I can't forget and because I can't trust them, I won't forgive them. That is a mistake. And it will lead to spiritual cancer. And you will die spiritually from unforgiveness and bitterness. It's destroying people's lives, even in the church today. And I don't expect a lot of amens. I'm not looking for amens. I'm just looking to do what God wants me to say to you tonight. Because I know some people here are really hurting. And you don't want to hurt. I've heard some people say, you know what? I loved once and I'll never love again because that person hurt me. I got a divorce and I'll never love another woman. I'll never love another man. You've got unforgiveness. You're gonna die alone, bitter, until you learn to forgive. Forgiveness, this is Brother Kylie speaking. If you don't like it, throw it away. Forgiveness is owed. Trust is earned. And trust is the foundation for every meaningful relationship. That's got to be earned back. That's going to take some time and some proving. Just like the kid that breaks his curfew and you give him another chance, he's going to have to earn trust. So I hope you'll learn about forgiveness so that you can be healthy. Amen? Today, today uh, or this evening rather, we're... We're in what we call a Thanksgiving service, and um, I've been reading, it appears that many of you have been reading this book too. There's a book called Jesus Calling. How many of you have seen this book? Good. And it's, it's a devotional, it's a very short devotional that I read along with scripture, and um, I want to read to you two passages from this past week. This is from November the 25th. It says, thank me frequently 
as you journey through today. It's as if Jesus is speaking directly to you, okay? So in that context, what I say to you, just try and understand it's like Jesus speaking to you. Thank me frequently as you journey through today. This practice makes it possible to pray without ceasing, as the Apostle Paul taught. If you are serious about learning to pray continually, the best approach is to thank me in every situation. These thankful prayers provide a solid foundation on which you can build all your other prayers. Moreover, a grateful attitude makes it easier for you to communicate with me. When your mind is occupied, listen to this, when your mind is occupied with thanking me, you have no time for worrying or complaining. If you practice thankfulness consistently, negative thought patterns will gradually grow weaker and weaker. Draw near to me with a grateful heart and my presence will fill you with joy and peace. And then today, this is even today, let thankfulness rule in your heart. As you thank me for blessings in your life, a marvelous thing happens. It is as if scales fall off your eyes, enabling you to see more and more of my glorious riches. With your eyes thus opened, you can help yourself to whatever you need from my treasure house. Each time you receive one of my golden gifts, let your thankfulness sing out praises to my name. Because hallelujahs are the language of heaven and they become the language of your heart. A life of praise and thankfulness becomes a life filled with miracles. Instead of trying to be in control, focus on me and what I'm doing. This is the power of praise, centering your entire being in me. That is how I created you to live, for I made you in my own image. Enjoy abundant life by overflowing with praise and with thankfulness. Enjoy abundant life there's abundant life in there. By overflowing with praise and with thankfulness. Amen? And so tonight we want this to be a thanksgiving service. The giving of thanks. And we're going to take communion and I, I'd like the first eight young people in this section to stand up that are willing to serve tonight. All right, there's eight. Thank you. I'd like you to come up here. Sister Kylie will help you. Make sure they get the proper elements and she'll help you get in position for communion. Let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And what we're going to do tonight is we're going to take communion and worship and the altar service tonight is going to be us coming to the altar and just offering thanks to God for as many things as we can think of that he's blessed us with. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you turn there, please. I'll give you just a little bit of instruction and explanation as to what communion is about. 
I'm going to begin in verse 23, but I'll share this with you before I read it. Communion is not for the remission of sins. Baptism in Jesus' name is for the remission of your sins. But communion is a memorial. Communion is a memorial. It reminds us of the great sacrifice that Jesus made for our lives and for our sins. And his instruction to us is found even in this epistle to the church at Corinth. Verse 23. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. It appears that God does not want us to forget his sacrifice for our sins. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't forget. Don't ever forget. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. We don't take communion lightly. We examine ourselves. If there's any repenting to be done, we repent. If there's any asking of forgiveness that needs to be done, we ask for forgiveness. And we give forgiveness before we take communion. And so I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now. And tonight you get to fill out your own report card. Don't fill out anybody else's report card tonight. Just examine yourself. Is everything right with you and God? Is everything right with you and with your brothers and sisters and others? Is there anything that you need to ask forgiveness for? Are you willing to forgive anyone and any, anyone, everyone and anyone who has wronged you? Jesus, we are so thankful for Calvary. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.